Hey friends, it's Nathan. Thanks for checking out our podcast today, and we hope this message inspires and pushes you in your faith. For any updates going on in ministry, you can go to Instagram or Facebook at Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. But I want to start off this morning with a question that's related to that of have you ever have you ever been in a situation when things just aren't going your way? Right? Just just thing after thing after thing, just nothing seems to be working out. Nothing seems to be, you know, just going your way. And emotions build up and you get frustrated and you get angry. Right? Similar to that, where you just want to do that. You know, a lot of people in the room just said, like, yes, I want to do that every day. And, you know, most of you probably said that in a way like, oh, I want to go to that place and just smash some stuff in someone else's home, not my own, right? Especially in your friend's home. Say you're in class. You're in class and the test result, you studied hard, you did your best, and the grade did not turn out the way you thought it was. Or you try out to make the team and coach just said, you didn't make it, you didn't cut it. We, need, we have someone better. Or you do make the team but you lose every game. <laughs> that sucks, right? Things just aren't going your way. You're on family ga- your family vacation gets canceled. You don't get into the school that you wanted to. Or the guy or girl you're crushing on does not have the same feelings towards you. Been in that situation? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. But have you been there? Have you been in that situation where things just aren't working out? And today, I want to go through a passage in the old not me. And the Old Testament, I want to go through a passage in the Old Testament talking about Moses and how he got angry. But this weekend, this weekend I got to hang out with my mom and my sister, and this weekend I had the privilege and the honor of introducing my mom to, not my girlfriend's parents, but to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How big of a deal is this, right? Like for, for Marvel fans in the room, introducing someone to the, Mar- to the MCU is a big deal, right? Right? Okay, so we started from the beginning, and mom's like, like do, I, do I have to watch this? Like, I just, I just want to sit, like, I want to watch my normal shows. My mom watches Game Show Network all the time, and it's hilarious, but, you know, there are some other things that are more or equal to entertainment, okay? She's, the, she's in the room, I can say that. But the MCU, introducing someone to that is an amazing feeling, especially when they get it, when they're asking questions. And mom was doing that. We started from the beginning. We start with Iron Man, a genius billionaire weapons manufacturer. Sorry? Yes, that's what he says, but I'm not going to say a few of those, okay? A genius billionaire weapons manufacturer who is making headlines everywhere. Because of his new technology, because of his brilliance, and because of his personality. He's just a character. And Robert Downey Jr. does Tony Stark well. Okay, And so in the beginning of the movie, he's in Afghanistan, and he's, dem- he's doing a weapons demonstration of this new missile called the Jericho missile that is set to flatten your enemies. Of just making, it's a weapon that he describes as you only need to fire once. Great idea. But... In that situation, in that same day, his convoy going out there is blown up. He's attacked. He is taken hostage and thrown into a cave. Right? He's thrown into a cave. But in that cave, being left for dead, being malnourished and mistreated, 
in that cave, he didn't let his emotions get the best of him. He hunkered down, he thought of a plan, and he's gonna, he came up with a plan for his escape, to get out of the cave and to survive. And that's what he did, that's what he does. He builds Mark I. Mark I, the very first Iron Man suit, this hunk of junk, this, this man of steel right here, to get out of the cave and to make it out of their life, make it out of their alive. And he does that. He didn't let his anger take control. He managed his emotion. And we're in the second week of this series called Check Yourself, going through, like, all right, I need to, to literally check myself before going out in public, before interacting with this person, because I need to make sure that I'm in the right mindset before I do this, right? And Tony did that. Tony was able to manage his emotions, manage his anger and frustration, and come up with a plan to survive. Moses, the passage that I'm in, we're in Numbers chapter 20. If you have a Bible, let's go ahead and flip there, swipe there, whichever app you use. We're in Numbers 20, and Moses did not check himself. He let his anger and his frustrations take control of his actions to where he acted out and he disobeyed a direct command from the Lord. And in the Old Testament, we're in this chapter where, where the Israelites, God's chosen people, Moses' people that he's given the authority to lead, is they have already been exiled. They've already been uh, saved from slavery to the Egyptians, right? So they're, they're in this great place. They're going into the wilderness. Yes, it's tough, but they're out of their current situation. And they're headed to the promised land, the, the land that is promised to the Israelites that is said to be flowing with milk and honey. Numbers 20, verse 1. We're going to start there. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community. The people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into the wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. First thing I want you to notice about this passage, we're going to read all the way through verse 13. First thing I want you to notice is that the Israelites were so frustrated with their current situation, with the fact that there is no figs, there's no food, there's no water, that they would rather go back to their previous situation, claiming that they wanted, they would, they would rather go back and be slaves to the Egyptians. They couldn't, they couldn't look past their current situation and realize that I've already been brought through a situation similar to this, or a situation worse than this, and so therefore I am stronger. James 1, James 1, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The Egypt, not the Egyptians, excuse me, the Israelites could, did, did not grasp this in any way, shape, or form. They couldn't see past their current situation to, to realize that God is doing something in and through them in this mess. They didn't see their trials as joy because they just wanted to get to the promised land. They were too worried about the destination, not, wor not concerned enough about the journey. 
They're living in that movie, Are We There Yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can we get to this new house? Can we get to this place where we're going to live forever and not trust the process and how they're going to grow in this process? Whatever hardship that you are experiencing, whether that's right now or whether that's in the future or in the past, it's different for everybody. Maybe you didn't make the team. You tried out, you did your best, and coach said you didn't cut it. That we have someone better and someone more talented. And that happens. But you have to trust God in that he's going to use your talent or give you time to further develop that talent. So that the next time, whether that's a different sport, whether that's a different team, or the same team the following year, season, that God's going to put you in a place where you can honor him with that talent. Same thing can be said about seniors in the room. I remember applying to colleges. I remember looking at schools and analyzing, all right, where the heck am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to study or do? What am I going to do? I was, a, I was a senior, no, I think I was a junior in high school, and I had, I had been dead on, I'm going to go to Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas, ever since fifth grade. That's where my dad studied. My dad went to Texas Tech. He was a diver, and we took a college visit around fifth grade. And I was like, yes, I am a Red Raider all the way. So junior year comes around, it's time to look and visit colleges. And I just feel God pulling me in a different direction. I didn't enjoy my time visiting Lubbock. It's a heck of a drive. But it was the college. It just wasn't a fit for me. Not saying that that's for everybody. I'm not dogging Texas Tech in any way, shape, or form. But for me, that was not the right school. And that time in visiting colleges and having like, all right, where the heck am I supposed to go to school? It gave me kind of a, a chance to explore. And that's when I found Texas A&M. It was never on my radar. Whoop! Never on my radar. Never thought about being an Aggie until I visited. And it was clear that God is going to use me in this space. Goosebumps filled me as I walked into Kyle Field, as I saw the 12th man and the Fighting Texas Aggie band. I loved it. And I knew I was supposed to be there. God used that time of me being in dismay and disarray of so, so much confusion of where am I supposed to go that he said, I'm going to bring you through this confusion. I'm going to show you exactly where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do and what you're meant to be. Verse 6 in Numbers 20. <clears throat> Moses and Aaron went to the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting <clears throat> and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he has commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Moses acted out. Yes, he still provided water for his community. The Israelites were able to drink, and their livestock was able to drink and be nourished. However, it was carried out in the way that the Lord did not say to do it. What did he say? He said, grab your, st grab your staff, gather the assembly, and speak to the rock. Moses didn't. He was so 
frustrated, so angered by his community because he had been around these people for years and hearing their grumbling, hearing their complaining, that he said, listen, rebels, do we have to bring water out of this rock? And in his anger, he decides to go his own way and he strikes the rock instead of directly speaking to it, showing that it's not him who is providing water, but that is the Lord. But he goes his own way. His people, the Israelites, needed water. He had built up just this, this mound and mound, this huge mound of anger and frustration that he let that control his actions and dictate what he was going to do. And he disobeyed the Lord. Something to take from this is that we need to not act like Moses in this situation. Moses was a man of God and he trusted the Lord. But in this moment in time, God is allowing us to use him as an example of how not to proceed. How to... How not to act like Moses in this situation. And that we are to guard our hearts against anger and disobedience. Moses was pinned up with this aggression and this frustration that he said, I'm going to go <clears throat> my own way. We, in our own lives, we need to examine our emotions. We need to check ourselves for our, where, our, where am I feeling frustrated? Where am I feeling anger? Who am I feeling that anger towards? If it, if it is someone that you know, if it is someone that you know, then I ask that you, I challenge you to approach that person and say, hey, you know, this, this really bothered me the way you did this. And you can flesh it out just as people and not act angrily or frustrated. You can flesh these things out in, so that you don't act in your anger where you work these things out. Regularly examine yourselves. Look at your situation and ask, what am I feeling? And this, this practice of checking, checking yourself, asking yourself, what am I feeling in this situation, that practice will remove the negativity and give you a chance to grow closer to the Lord. The Lord is the one who gives us the opportunity, gives us the chance to feel emotions. And in these emotions come from love all the way to anger but we are given control of ourselves, and so we need to manage those emotions so that in the ways that we act, that we honor the Lord with everything we do. Anger is a powerful emotion. One of the most powerful, second to love and fear. And we will get angry many times in our lives, but acting out on said anger, that's not going to fix anything, and that's when things get messy. It will lead us down a path of sin and disobedience. And we saw this in Moses. And he had good reasons to be angry because of his situation, because of the, of the people around him, and this pinned-up aggression, and just his whole life had been, you know, Moses, like, we're tired, we're done with this wilderness stuff. Get us to the promised land where there is milk and honey, and where I'm, I'm going to be thriving, not just surviving. Moses was done hearing those complaints, and he acted out. And those... And that acting out led to some consequences. In verse 12, follow me there. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. These were the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord, and where he was proved among them. 
There's a high price that we pay if we let anger linger in our hearts. If we let it sit in our hearts there and let that anger dictate our actions and what we do, there's a price to be paid. Moses solved the problem. Yes, he got water. He, he fed his Israelites and their livestock. Yes. But how he did, that's not the way that God told him to solve the issue, right? In the beginning, the Israelites were told that they would be rescued from the Egyptians. And they were. And they entered into the promised land. Or they will enter into the promised land. But not Moses. Because of his actions here, he is not able to enter into the land that was promised to his people, to God's people, saying that you will thrive eventually. And Moses, because of what he did, nil, nada, zilch, nothing. He's not able to go into that place and to thrive and not just survive. After all these years of struggling and contending with his people, the Israelites, Moses is not able to enter into the promised land. Moses had built up anger over many years dealing with the Israelites, and he acted on that anger. You know that. If you're angry about anything, I'll say it again, address it. Confront that person in a loving way so that it can be resolved. Go to that person and say, hey, how can we flesh this out? Because what you did really, really got to me. Especially if that's someone that you know or, or are close to. If it's someone that you don't know, then find someone that you can confide in. I'm talking not gossiping. That's not helpful, okay? Talking from a different perspective. Am I feeling this anger in the right way? And how can I diffuse that, okay? We cannot allow anger to linger in our hearts. Because if we do, and we let that anger dictate our actions then there are consequences. Moses' consequence was not being able to enter into the promised land. Our consequence is probably not going to be that same thing. But in our lives, if we let anger go unchecked, that can cause bitterness, that can cause frustration, that can sometimes cause fear and lead to broken relationships Hurting people, whether that's your friends or your family or your coaches or teachers, hurting the people around you, diminishing the witness that you have. Because if you have a relationship with the Lord, you have that light. And if I let my anger take a hold of my actions, then I'm not shining as bright as I could. And as Christians, we should want to shine as bright as we can and let nothing hinder us from being an example to being a witness to Christ. Unchecked anger can damage so many things in our lives. And just like Moses, unchecked anger can cause us to miss out on what God has for our lives.